I think we need to get over to the 103.7 The Game hotline. Got some calls earlier. Save those calls for the start of Hour 2. I'll make sure to get in on those a little bit later on. But in the meantime, we got to get over to the 103.7 The Game hotline, talk with our guy, host of the Are You Serious podcast and part of Are You Serious Sports, part of the Believe Podcast Network, our guy Blake Rafino. Blake, how you doing, man? What's up, CD? Uh, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Appreciate you coming on on a New Year's Day. But, you know, obviously we started to see LSU fill these coaching vacancies. We'll get to the Texas Bowl in a few, but obviously that's kind of the big headline right now is that LSU started to fill these coaching vacancies, and it started Mm -hmm. earlier in the week with assistant coach Matt House of the Kansas City Chiefs jumping over. And I'm just thinking – are we thinking too much about the fact that he won't join the staff until at the latest mid-February if this team makes a run for the Super Bowl and not be in-house before the second half of National Signing Day? No, Clint, because I, I still think that he's going to be doing recruiting via phone calls, right? I mean, I, you know what's better than one Super Bowl championship ring, too. Yep. So when you walk into a house and say, hey, look, not only have I been a part of great a uh, great offense, but look at what our defense did, specifically the linebacker play. Uh, Clinton, you look at, at uh, the linebackers at Kansas City, you look at guys like Willie Gay who have improved. You you know, you look at the Moulton kid from Missouri who is, you know, some people believe Clint got snubbed for uh, the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Um, so, no, I don't, I don't have any fear of it. You know, something that's been crazy is – uh, special teams coordinator Brian Polian, from what I understand, has been really taking the approach and hitting the recruiting trail hard. Uh, talking to a couple of recruits, they're like, you know, they're telling me that he's calling them daily um, just to check in and just to build a connection with. So, no, I, I mean, I don't, um, I, I don't have any fear that one of your coordinators is still coaching and in the NFL and, and trying to work his way to the Super Bowl. I think that's why you see a lot of these staff hires being announced. Uh, Clint, honestly, I kind of want him to stay on, you know, and and coach and potentially get get to him and win a Super Bowl because, I mean, that just – that puts another notch in his resume. Um, and, and, look, talking to some coordinators and people around the country, uh, one coordinator in the SEC told me a couple nights ago uh, and said that we could use it, but – Said that he thought that Matt House, when they played him in two thousand, played them in two thousand eighteen at Kentucky, that he was one of the toughest uh, schematic defenses to go against. So I, I, I think we'll be okay there. I'm hoping that's the case because it just I'm just interested to see how it's going to go. Now, mind you, of course, you've got a guy like Frank Wilson who's going to be one hundred percent the guy that's going to be spending the bulk of the time recruiting because he's obviously got those inroads. Throughout the state of Louisiana is a big reason why he came right. back. Thank goodness he did because obviously you wound up losing one of your core guys in Corey Ra- Raymond. That was a huge blow, but having Frank Wilson back definitely helps matters. But looking at the hires that they've made over the last, say, 24 to 48 hours in Jamar Kane, former LaTeX offensive coordinator Joe Sloan, and then you have the big one, Cincinnati's Mike Denbrock. They're all being reported by numerous sources. Which one of those three over the last couple of days, the hires have been reported, which one has you the most intrigued? Mike Denbrock, without a question, Clint. Um, uh, look, 
I've been kind of on this Mike Denbrock train. I, and look, we did like a Twitter spaces last night, and it was a lot of people just, you know, we were just talking. Clint, he was scheming people uh, and receivers wide open. I, I mean, look, at there was a point, if I'm not mistaken, and, and, and I didn't look this back up this morning, I think Desmond Ritter was 11 for 22 at one point during the game. And of the 11 incompletions, there were, there were six drops and there was four or five batted balls down. So I, I think there comes a point where when you have wide receivers that are wide open drop, dropping passes, you know, the, the two missed passes uh, dropped in the end zone uh, to start the game, uh, it just shows you that when you don't, he didn't have the personnel, but he was still getting guys wide open. Um, I, I like Mike Denbrock a lot. I think he brings a spread concept, you know, and I don't mean this in a wrong way, but he's kind of a more polished Steve Ensminger on the spread attack. I, I, I think that last night, even though they didn't win, Cincinnati didn't win, it showed that he can, you know, really do good at, at adjusting, even adjusting mid-drive on what the defense is doing. Um, so I like him a lot. I, I think from an assistant standpoint, I think Jamar Kane is fantastic, and I, along with Coach Steeples, too. Um, Coach Steeples coached, uh, you know, got a team in the high school in Missouri to number eight in the nation. And he didn't, and then Clint, he goes from high school head coach to an NFL analyst, I mean, NFL uh, assistant, not just an analyst, but an assistant. That's, that's pretty much unheard of. So I think that this staff is, is you know, there's, two, there's three things that I, I've talked about with this staff. Either number one, you've called plays in the SEC or elsewhere on this staff, you've been a head coach, or you have, you have significant NFL ties like Brian Polian. Clint, this staff has got, has got a resume galore, if you really think about it. Uh, and so I, I really like the way that Brian Kelly is piecing together this staff. It's like, you know, Clint, it's like, CD, it's like he's done it before, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he's done it before. And I think he's done a bang up job getting these guys in there. It almost feels like he's he's not, and this is not not knocking against Coach O or anything, but this was just an observation that I've had with him. A lot of the guys that he had early on and for the much of his tenure were his guys, his good old boys. That to a certain extent, Denbrock and O, and excuse me, O Kelly, they have had they've spent some time together in the past, but I don't think that plays mm-hmm. nearly as much of a role. But you brought up what we saw with Denbrock taking and what they did against Alabama yesterday afternoon. Is there any concern about this, or are you just like saying, "Hey, relax, look what they did over the course of the season and what its overall resume is, not just look at this one game." Yeah, and look, I'm on the opposite side of this CD, is in the sense of that you like when you don't have the personnel and guys are running wide open. I mean, where do you think that that comes from? You know, like. Uh, but in 2015, though, when he had better personnel at Notre Dame, guys like Will Fuller, et cetera, uh, Notre Dame and Brian Kelly had their best offense in his tenure at Notre Dame. So, you know, and everybody asks, well, why did Brian Kelly let Denbrock go? Obviously, they're on good terms with one another, and that's why he comes back, right? Um, I, I just like Denbrock a lot. I think that from a running game standpoint, being a guy that's played, you know, the O-line, I, I, I like the way that he mixes it up. You're not going to get just the basic vanilla things. Like, look, you got to give Cincinnati credit. With a smaller, uh, not-so-physical offensive line, they found ways to run the football yesterday 
They just couldn't stick to it because they were down. Um, I, I, I like the way that he calls plays, Clint. I, you know, adjusting mid-drive. You know, the, the fake – there was one um, third down early in the game where they had a backside slant on the far side of the field. They did bunch left uh, trips. And it was basically Desmond just had to read the coverage. They doubled the slant. He throws the screen on the outside. They get a first down. Then they go into the red zone. I think it's small little things like that that sets, sets so many things up for you. And then the next, you know, when they're in the end, uh, red zone, they come down. And then the, the if you remember in the early in the game, they missed the backside slant twice uh, because they were so worried about the screen. And just Ritter couldn't hit it. And I think that that's the kind of thing, the small subtleties you get with Mike Denbrock that even though it seems simple, he's going to make you cover the entire field. And that's what I like about him. Talking now, Blake Ravino, part of the Are You Serious podcast, right here on this New Year's Day edition of Under the Dome with CD. And obviously, that's kind of the big thing that we're all talking about. But we need to look at the Texas Bowl for a few moments. And, you know, one of the big surprises, or at least somewhat, was that Ty Davis Price had an interview with Jacques Doucet over in Baton Rouge yesterday and basically said he's opting out of the bowl game just four days before the actual contest, excuse me, five mm-hmm. days before the actual contest. Were you surprised by that? And also, who's going to have to step up on Tuesday and really, I'd say, probably establish themselves as the bell cow heading into 2022? Because, again, the Texas Bowl has been – historically speaking for LSU, a really big ball game for a certain running back. Yeah, I, I, well, look, Clint, it wasn't um, a surprise to me. He's been – he, meaning Ty Davis Price, has <clears throat> been in California training for the draft. Uh, I know that, you know, it's something that we mentioned, but, you know, he won't have formally announce it. Um, in reference to running back, it's going to be interesting to see what Corey Conner does in a couple of days, right? Um we're going to see if Amari Goodwin's good to, good to go, what, what, what he does. Um, but, you know, Clint, uh, something that's interesting and that we're trying to piece together, John Emery passed all of his classes and looks to be academically eligible. Now, he hasn't played in any games and can take a red shirt, this could, you know, because still he could play in this game and, and not it'd be, you know, obviously counted apart before, and he wouldn't burn a red shirt. Uh, some things that we're looking into this morning, and look, it's New Year's, so <laughs> I'm trying to – be cautious and let people have their holiday. Um, I, I, I'm keeping my eye on that. I don't think he's going to play. I, don't get me wrong. But don't be surprised if you see, you start hearing some stuff in the next 24 hours um, that, that John Emery is academically eligible, which is which would be huge for the team, not just in the bowl game, but it would be huge uh, all of 2022. I got one more before I let you go, Blake. Biggest key to victory against Kansas State, and why not throw a prediction out there while we're at it? Uh, biggest key, uh, don't turn the ball over, play good defense. Uh, I mean, Clint, look, uh, I don't think that this is you know, going to be a big game in reference to points if LSU's going to win. Um, <laughs> look, if you're if you're going to be playing a walk-on quarterback or, and or John Trey Kirkland, you know, there's some things going out about one of the walk-on quarterbacks and possibly, you know, not being there. Um, look, man, I, Clint, for me, I, I don't know how LSU can pull it out. I think they've got the talent, too. But quarterback's obviously a big position. Um, I think if LSU wins, it's going to have to be like a 17-14 type of game. Um, I don't see it going that way. Uh, it, it, unfortunately, I, I think LSU is going to probably take the loss, 
But I don't think it's going to feel like a loss necessarily because I think that you'll still see flashes from guys like Mason Smith that we're hearing might be able to go. Um, and that's all, Clint, that I'm really looking forward to. All right, Blake, appreciate you coming on, my man. Enjoy the rest of your New Year's Day. Go ahead and take it easy. I'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, man. Uh, happy New Year.